Um, so the, the, the most recent uh, round is the Series D, uh, $200 million uh, led by uh, Pro2, Thrive, Salesforce, and, uh, and uh, Index. Uh, this is the fourth round, so total uh, to date, I think it's like uh, 300, almost $340 million. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Amit Bendov. He's a co-founder and CEO of Gong.io, the number one revenue intelligence platform for sales. He brings more than 20 years of leadership experience in hyper-growth enterprise software startups managing product marketing and sales for global corporations. Prior to founding Gong.io, he was the CEO of Sysense and CMO of Panaya. Amit, you ready to take us to the top? Uh, yeah, let's give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're very specific there in calling Gong a revenue intelligence platform for sales. Help me understand what that means. Yeah, so revenue intelligence is kind of a new thing. The majority of the world still doesn't know what it is, but uh, over like a thousand companies already do. Um, it, it's a new paradigm for managing customer-facing organizations rather than relying on information that Salespeople and customer support people manually type into their CRM system or or, um, or uh, support systems. Gone automatically captures like information from the customer's mouth by reading their emails, by joining calls, by joining meetings, uh, using natural language understanding to compile that information, create insights both for the customer facing people how they can get better and for the leadership team so they can understand exactly what's going on without having to chase people to update the forms. And this is obviously something that people are, are using, not only just like they were pre-COVID, but reading some of the press that you put out during COVID, it sounds like you significantly increased revenue during COVID. I want to dive into that. But on the back end of that, you just did another funding round, I believe. So help us understand what's the, what's the structure look like today? How have you funded the company? Um, so the, the, the most recent uh, round is the Series D, uh, $200 million. Uh, dollars led by uh, Pro2, Thrive, Salesforce, and, uh, and uh, Index. Uh, this is the fourth round. So total uh, to date, I think it's like uh, 300, almost $340 million. Uh, the last round was led by Sequoia uh, in December, uh, $65 million. And the valuation on this most recent round was what? It was close to $2.2 billion. And what was it back in December? Uh, it was close to 750, so 3x. Yeah, so, so, so I asked that very specifically, right? Because now I want to dive into that. How on earth do you essentially add $1.5 billion in enterprise value over a six month period when the world is also shutting down? Uh, there, there's a number of reasons for that. So we always grew like very fast. We almost like we always like tripled the valuation about the same time. Like even like the last round was a significant like multiplier. So this isn't we're not growing just because of like COVID. 
we, we did pretty well before that. I think we've done well regardless. Uh, but there are a few reasons. First, it does give us like some tailwind. Um, and um, second, the potential for Dawn is so um, infinite that, and now more and more people in the investment community have started to recognize this. So we're looking at something like massive market potential. Um, very nice execution and traction. Uh, seems to be faring well with the new um, new normal, right? So, and there aren't a lot of investment opportunities, a lot of liquidity, and, and uh, so there you have it. So, so walk me through, you know, how you're getting customers. You launched the company, I believe, back in 2015, 2016, correct? Yes. Yeah. And when you asked him on the show in February of 2018, you shared you, you were serving out 200 customers. How many customers are you serving today? And then break down how you're acquiring them. Now we're, we're approaching like 1,500, maybe a little less. Uh, and we're acquiring, it's mostly direct. Um, so we haven't even started developing like channels and partners. It's either like outbound calls, we've got a good amount of inbounds, um, a lot of like referrals and word of mouth. So people got sales has like a, I think about like 20, 15 to 20% annual attrition. But actually that's worked well for us because if I use Gong at my current company and I'm leaving another, uh, odds are we'll get a new lead. So so that like kind of grant organic word of mouth has been like pretty, pretty good for us. You know, I don't obviously pay for the product. I'm not a big enterprise, but the, when I do get a sneak peek at the product UI, I see gifts where there's like two call recordings with highlighted sections between top performing rep that kills quota and one that misses. And you'll see like the one that hits quota, you know, you'll say, hey, they use words like um, your and you will. And, and, and the one that doesn't hit never uses the word you or your or, you know, if you pay us, you will get X. Um, this is the obviously unique insight. Now, do other sort of, platforms in your space do that or is that unique to Gong? I mean, we're not the first to do that. So first they're like in contact centers, they're like technology do something like uh, similar. It's like, it's pretty far, but I mean, just the idea of like, um, identify which word we were saying that we did not invent that. Um, there are some other platforms that do some of that, like even Zoom has some, you know, transcription capabilities, definitely the CRM has some, some lightweight capabilities. So, It'll allow you to uh, identify what people are saying, right? But not, to my knowledge, that uh, anything that compiles in terms of like actionable insights that you could actually use to improve. So that we're right now we're kind of like alone. You know, I, you know, probably not still like that forever. Help me understand adoption inside these fifteen hundred customers. How many total reps are using the platform across this paid customer base? Um. I think it's uh, something to the tune of 60,000, uh, okay. tens of thousands for sure. Uh, the adoption is, is fantastic. And, and Gong is also unique in, like, in something like almost like bizarre. Uh, our net promoter score is, is 72, right? Now, uh, which for, for people that don't know what it is, it's like uh, net promoter scores between like uh, minus 100 to plus 100. Uh, and the iPhone, when it was launched, was at 66, right? And that's, a, that's probably the most successful consumer product that you could think of. Gong is rated higher, 
which is an anomaly for an enterprise software product, right? It's not, usually it's not something people get so excited, but it, it is like a consumer level um, excitement and that, that helps drive the growth. Is that NPS score, Amit, transitioning over to really, really strong net revenue retention numbers annually? Yeah, so our uh, our NDR is almost always like even these days north of like 150 percent and one 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 five or one five zero one five zero, and that's like uh, it's best in class. I mean, we have like several tiers of customers. It varies. Obviously, you know, the large customer can be more, the small customer can be less. But I mean, uh, fantastic. Um, retention numbers. Yeah, I mean, just so people can have context around that, when you look at publicly traded SaaS companies, the average NDR net revenue retention is usually around 115, 120%. So he has 150% net revenue retention is really incredible. Now, I imagine you probably see sort of power laws on your base where you might take one account that's paying you a million per year and double it to two million. So there's 200% growth in one account. And obviously that juices those numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's not an anomaly. We're starting to get more and more of these. So that's, uh, yeah, that's fair game. Paint the picture of the million dollar account. How many reps does that team probably have on you? And what's their usage look like? I mean, I, I'd rather not get into specific, but you know, definitely like uh, thousands of, of people. So we have some some large customers with like global deployments of thousands of people. Um, and that, that, that can get them, you know, definitely into the seven figures. And when you peel back the 150% net revenue retention and you look at gross revenue churn before you add back expansion, what are you seeing on a gross revenue churn basis annually? With the larger customers, it's like close to zero. I mean, occasionally you do get some, but very little. These are like very stable. I mean, if you be a little higher on the, on the S&D, like if you're small businesses, like for example, right now, even like COVID, although overall we're doing pretty well, but there are obviously customers who are like hurt badly uh, by the situations that are in the hospitality industry or, or restaurant industry. Um, but in, in most accounts, it's like very low. So, so break um, with that sort of understanding, obviously the, the growth has also been impressive in terms of just valuation, also customer growth over the past two, three years. Um, help me understand how your team has changed over that time period. So you told me at 50, just 52 uh, folks on the team back in early 2018. What are you at today? Uh, close to 300, I think 330. It changes by the day. So yeah, about 330 people. Um, we have been like pretty cash efficient, uh, largely uh, because of the product strength and which drives like strong unit economics. So we haven't even touched, we're still running on a Series D money, right? We, we raised the Series D. We did not start touching um, the serious, uh, serious C money we raised in December, and we still have a pretty long way to go with the Series B, right? So we've been like pretty efficient in how we got to like uh, 2.2 valuation, right? Which reflects kind of like the growth that's still ahead of us with like very low cash. So um, the team is actually like, um, I mean, definitely grew substantially um, compared to. Uh, 217 or whatever, whenever we spoke back then, but uh, we've been pretty, pretty efficient and never got, never had to go crazy. I mean, just to be clear, it sounds like you still have the majority of that 65 million from your last round in the bank plus the extra 200 today. So, I mean, so you've got sort of a war chest of somewhere like. Yeah, not the majority, the entirety. Got it. So you have like 200, 260 million or so in the bank right now. You can do whatever you want with it. More. 
that's a lot of that's a lot of pianos you can buy. Yeah, maybe buy <laughs> like the Alaska business or something. I I appreciate that about you. A lot of sort of tech CEOs when they get at your stage, they sort of lose their personality. So I so appreciate when I see you, you know, putting up and sort of being self-deprecating. Even though I think you play pretty darn well on your on your LinkedIn videos. Yeah. Talk. Um, let, let's back into here. Um, to understand more about sort of ACV growth, right? So as companies do what you've done, you know, grow very fast, you almost always see ACV expansion. You told me back again in early 2018, the average customer is paying about $30,000 in terms of average ACV. What's that ACV up to today on average? Uh, well, I didn't tell you that. You kind of calculated the number. Oh, did I? Bet? It was, I remember that, that interview, but it was, it, was, it was less than that. Right now, it's, it's north of 30. I mean, if you, yeah, so... In, in it, just looking at the average, Gong is like uh, entire spectrum of customers. We have like on the lower end, it could be usually the minimum would be like 15k uh, okay. for smaller customers, and and seven figures on the upper tiers, and like all the range in between. Like, and again, this is like happening pretty fast. Like, we always thought that one day, like. You know, like uh, we'll get to like very large customers, but actually started like reaching out to us like a lot sooner. So uh, for a company our age, we're pretty diverse in terms of like size of customers. So just to some repeat that back to you, people can get started for as little as fifteen thousand dollars a year just to start using Gong. They then can expand over time, and you have customers paying north of a million dollars a year to use Gong. Yes. Any any eyes on your first ten million dollar year account? I mean, how do you get there? You have to upsell obviously like crazy, get a thousand, thousands and thousands of seats on them. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not that it's kind of like a trophy that we need to accomplish. I'm sure it's well, and uh, and you know we're kind of like long term minded. We um, it's not about things. We we grew because of the. Um, the rate of reviews that we get from customer, that's what we want to get, uh, you know, and I'm sure things will- The rate, the rate of what? Uh, the, the rate, we call it like raving fans. It's our number oh, well. one operating principle. And we, we ask, we don't want to have just happy customers. We want this kind of like NPS with like in the 70s and that's actually drive the growth. So usually we get into account and others team will start wanting gone. Why do these guys have? And they, you know, so oh, this is pretty cool. I wanted to. So it actually spreads virally within the account. We're not necessarily trying to land like an eight-figure uh, deal on day one. Yep. Now, I mean, if I take the fifteen hundred, obviously customers times even thirty thousand dollar ACV, it sounds like obviously you have a range, and maybe it's higher than that on average today. But averages aside, I mean, that puts you north of a forty-five million dollar run rate today. Is that accurate? Yeah, we're, we're well, well north of that. Do you have eyes on, again, I, I'm just comparing this to other Series D founders I've had on, right? I mean, do you, I assume you're getting close if you haven't already passed a $100 million run rate. Do you think you can do that this year if you haven't passed it already? No, no, no. We're, we're not, uh, not going to get to $100 million this year, but we're, we're not far from that. Okay, interesting. And what, in terms of strategy to get there, whether it's, again, it sounds like it'll be more than this year, maybe next year, do you think it will more be a function of your upsell and expansion team driving more adoption and then increasing accounts respectively, or will it be new customer additions completely? We have both. So we always like kind of like swing. We have two things where first, like very strong new logo acquisition and second, like uh, great expansion within customers. And, and we always have to like calibrate. Sometimes 
there are a lot of expansion. And so the new team, like uh, people don't necessarily sell, need to sell as many little logos. So we started like started breaking the accounts and make sure we pull both levers. But both of them are are pretty strong. I mean, I'm, I've kind of shared with our, our the zone of our NDR uh, plus the new logo. That's what drives the, uh, the the strong growth. Well, I mean, if you look at revenue growth over the past twelve months, what percent of the growth would you say came from expansion versus new ads altogether? Do you know? Uh, I don't remember like the top of my hands. Uh, <laughs> okay, both both are are substantial. Like, Fair uh, enough. What about altogether? Ignore ignore cohorts of where the growth came from. Just total revenue growth past twelve months. What was that? Um, we we have um, listen. We have customers. So our history. I mean, we started selling like two thousand sixteen. So we have about like three years of, of, of history. Those cohorts are around like two hundred and fifty and north. Right percent of what they bought, and they're still like most of them are like are still with us, right? So yep. very very strong uh, growth over time and retention, lifetime value, like all those metrics. I mean that that's one of the things about the valuation that that our our unit economics are very strong, and the product power is is is, um, is driving that. Are there any, I mean, really strong unit economics that you guys are very proud of and, and you worked really hard to hit that I haven't already asked about? I mean, you name it. So NDRs are, you know, LTV to CAC is like greater than five. I mean, you know, it's a virtual infinite with like very little churn that we have. Um, and, tell, uh, tell me more. I mean, tell me more. Let's touch on, before we wrap up, let's just touch on CAC real quick. So let's just use a thirty, a new $30,000 ACV account. What are you comfortable spending to get that account in terms of CAC? I could easily like spend like 30000 because like with very little churn, you know, I could get like 150000 a week and maybe like even more. So yeah, we're not spending 30000 but we could and it will be, still be like pretty good business. Where are you spending money when you are getting new customers? Obviously, it sounds like you have an inside sales team. Are you doing any paid? Um, we get, um, so obviously we're spending on, on product, right? So product drives, product uh, gives you like pricing power, it gives stickiness, uh, and it gets people to talk about you. So that's like, always like uh, our, our thinking. Second, we do some paid ads. Um, most of our, I think our inbound, it's, it's hard to measure exactly, right? Because yep. these are few things that are all like intertwined, but content marketing is like, it's been like very strong for us, especially on social media. So we have like, we create uh, content and it's like very different and, and people absolutely love, right? We have like three attributes for content. First, that it's like, it's easy to consume. So not like 13 pages, white papers that nobody budgets to read. Second, it's immediately applicable. It's not some kind of like, you know, bold ideas that you could apply in 20 years, something I could use right now. You said about those words or things. And three, it is relevant to our audience, but only to our audience. Like, you know, it doesn't interest doctors or, or, or dentists or, or beauticians, right? It's only interest people. So it's kind of like self-qualifying. And that's creating a lot of following. Um, and it drives not necessarily someone reads the, the blog post. I mean, it, it, I got it by gone, right? But it does over time, it does create like recognition. People say, Oh, this is interesting. Who's that company? 
where are they getting this data? Uh, why is everybody talking about it? And that drives a lot of impact. You know how many trials you're getting, new trials you're getting every month because of these strategies? We, we get a ton, and again, we don't know exactly, uh, we kind of gave up on trying to know exactly where they come from. It's not like a specific ad or anything. Those, I mean, we do some of those, but it's like, you know, I, I spoke with a buddy that he mentioned Gong, you know, you know, one of my coworkers mentioned Gong, and I read a blog post, and I saw an ad, and I downloaded an asset. And, the strategy and makes total sense to me. Yeah, yeah that so strategy so makes sense. I think if people try to overanalyze, we kind of do things that they're real and genuine over time, they pay a big dividend. Yep. Uh, Last team questions here before we wrap up with the famous five. Of your team of 330, how many are engineers? We have about 90. 90. Wow. Okay. And how many, uh, how many sales reps do you have that actually carry a quota? I, I don't know the top of my hands. I mean, they're, uh, but you know, Definitely something in that like 60, 70. There are also SDRs that are partial. So anywhere between like 50 to 100. Do you give your CSMs quota if they're only focused on driving expansion revenue or no? Um, CSMs, the CSMs are measured mostly on NPS. They're not salespeople. They want to make sure the customer is giving like the best possible service. Uh, they kind of do have like NPS and renewal rate, which is kind of proxy, but it's a very small uh, portion of their. their uh, their compensation, so they don't try to pressure the customer anything, just, just to keep things top of mind. All right, I mean, let's wrap up here. Famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, how to be happiness. You're supposed to make me feel good at the beginning of the interview, so that I go easier on my questions, I, right? I, um, I read a lot. Um, I read a lot. Um, right now, I'm reading not, but... Um, What's it called? Origin, origin story right now. It's more of a history book. It explains a lot of things by, by uh, David Christian. It's a pretty good book. Not like strictly a business book, but it does give like a lot of like interesting angles about the, uh, the world and where it's coming from. A lot of patterns applicable to business in that book. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I wouldn't say following, but uh, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs. Like, I only wish it was like a nicer people version of him, but it's a, like product and marketing and definitely like uh, that, that, that'll be my choice. Number three, I mean, besides Gong, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Easily LinkedIn. LinkedIn is massive for me and I think for our company. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, like five. I'd say no more than five. Yeah. No more. That's not a lot. It's not. It's just just my my clock. I don't even like set an alarm clock. That's where I wake up like on my own on, on, a, on a weekend, right? So I don't need a lot of sleep. That's great. And what situation? Are you married, single kids? Uh, married, two boys, uh, sixteen and, and twenty. Happy and like same same woman for like twenty six years. Wow. And and how old are you? I'm fifty six. How old? 36? 56? 36? I thought, 36. <laughs> I, thought you, I was going to say, holy mackerel. Okay. You said 56? Uh, 56, yeah. 56. Okay. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, I thought to be in a rock band. I never wanted to be like in tech. That was, that was the plan. Didn't quite work out uh, as well, but I'm, I'm pretty happy where I am. What instrument would you have played if you if you joined a rock band? Ah, uh, guitar for sure. I, I I still play like uh, when I get a little bit of time, but uh, yeah.
Love that, guys. Amit, there you have it, gong.io. They've been in the news recently, did a $200 million raise at a $2.2 billion valuation. That was up from a $750 million valuation just about eight months prior when they did their $65 million raise back in December of 2019. They're serving over 1,500 enterprise customers, over 60,000 sales reps use the platform actively. Again, a new way to really measure and gain revenue intelligence from your sales functions as they look to continue to scale. They won't hit $100 million bucks in run rate this year, but obviously is on their radar as they continue to scale, focused on expansion revenue, where net revenue retention today is over 150 percent. Amit, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks very much, Nathan. My pleasure.